How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. From the WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Getting to be dangerous time inside of five minutes to go in regulation. Good keeping at the line. Here's Nurse. He'll let it go and he scores. Darnell Nurse for Edmonton sails it through. And with 4.49 to play in the third, the Oilers have their first lead of the game at 3-2. to two. I thought the Oilers were the better team. They were good. We weren't good enough. I thought they outplayed us, outworked us, and outcoached us. Tough talk from Jim Montgomery. He better be careful. Bruins lost for the first time in like a month. Had won 10 games in a row. And there's Monty. You think he's got to be careful, Mego? No, I'm just kidding. How dare the Bruins not clinch their playoff spot at the beginning of March? Do you think that's why they played tight? Do you think that's why they uh, they blew their lead last night? You think it was... You think they played tight? I think they played loose. Well, fair. Maybe tight's not the right Too word. Too loose. Do you think that's why they were off, I guess is what I mean. Uh... I wonder. You know, there was a there was a clinching uh, a clinching number there at stake. They're not exactly the most clutch team. I've pointed this out many times, and Uh-oh. I do I do know this team is now winning the cup, but they haven't exactly been the most clutch over the last. They decade. won't win it because they're clutch. They haven't exactly. I mean, they haven't been clutch. Would you ever refer to this team as clutch? No. Over the last ten years, no, no. That's not how I feel about them. I don't think that's how anybody feels about them. I, I hadn't factored that part in. Maybe maybe somewhere. That worked its way into their subconscious. I just, I felt like that was a noted change from Jim Montgomery. And he should be able to talk that way. I had no problem with Bruce Cassidy giving him tough talk. Others did. They were good. We weren't good enough. The players had an issue with it. When you say others, the players. And and it's all of them. Don't tell me it wasn't Bergeron. Don't tell me it wasn't Krejci. Krejci left the continent. He didn't even want to be in the same country as Bruce Cassidy. So, you know, DeBrusque obviously hated him. They all hated Cassidy, partly because he'd throw him under the bus publicly and maybe privately as well. I have no idea. But publicly, he had no problem throwing guys under the bus, no problem criticizing players, and it finally wore out its welcome. Now Monty, for the first time, is dabbling in it, and he's not going to lose his job over it. That said tongue-in-cheek. But why? Where's this tough talk coming from? Like, all you did, you lost, uh, you won 10 straight games, you lost that 10-game winning streak, why, why is he so cross at them last night? That doesn't make sense to me. I, I really, I really, honestly don't get it. I think he was pissed at the what he perceived as the lack of effort on one side, which was offensively. I mean, that's essentially what he said. 
And so there were a couple things in the game that were fluky or that were just kind of unfortunate. You know, we all heard about, oh, the terrible rule, the terrible, you know, offsides rule and how they should really change that on yeah. the broadcast. I mean, they're, they're offsides. They were offsides right. like 90 seconds before the goal, but they were right. offsides. Yeah. Right. And then Grizzlick blew his skate out or whatever he did there. He lost his shoe which directly contributed to a goal. Uh, don't forget, Bergeron had a very uncharacteristic play in oh, the neutral zone. I, everybody else has very amnesia about it. I, I haven't forgot. So, you know, these aren't things that you probably think are going to all happen at once in one game. But it, he says that none of that matters, that it was just a lack of effort on the offensive end. So, Jim Montgomery sounds concerned. Are you? 617-779-7937. I, I just wonder where the change in attitude is from. It's not their first bad loss this year. Okay? And it's not the first time they haven't had effort. They had no effort against Calgary. Allmark stood on his head and they won that game, but like, he couldn't have been happy with the effort that day. They've had other bad leads where they've collapsed late. You know, the Florida game is one that comes to mind, where they, they lost it in the final seconds and then lost in overtime. Lost the lead in the final seconds and then lost in overtime. So why the change in demeanor from Montgomery? The best theory I can come up with, I'm not telling you it's right, but the best theory I can come up with, though I'm intrigued by the idea they had an opportunity to clinch last night and didn't do it, is Montgomery now is hell-bent on wanting to have a historic season. He wants the points. He wants the wins. He wants all of it. And that's about the only thing I can come up with. Most of the time, if I'm a coach, I would say, we just won 10 in a row. We've been the best team in the league all year. It's our first regulation loss at home, which means they had lost at home before. It annoys me when people say they hadn't lost at home. They had lost at home multiple times. They hadn't lost in regulation at home, but they'd still lost. So for the most part, I don't get why your coach would be all bent out of shape unless you feel like you missed an opportunity to bank two extra points and bank an extra win and be on that pace with the Canadiens and be on that pace with the Lightning from a few years ago and the Red Wings before that for the points and wins record. I wonder if he cares. And if he does, I just find that interesting. I think, I, I think it would be interesting if the players or the coach or that organization cared about having a historic regular season. I don't blame them if they do. They should be going for those records. I want them going for those records. Not at the expense of like running guys into the ground, but you should do it. You're close. I wanted the Patriots to go undefeated in 2007. That's what I wanted. So I don't. I don't know if that's how Montgomery feels, but I, I am wondering. That was a team in 2007 with the Patriots, and we are crossing sports here, that had already won three Super Bowls and you didn't feel like was going to run out of gas at the end of the year, which is exactly what you feel about true. this team you wanted and the to core see something of this new. team. Uh, the group that you are still relying so much on, and it's not completely on those three guys. Like Krejci, Marchand, and uh, Bergeron are obviously three very important players on this team, but they're not the whole team this year, and that's a difference from years past. What's one thing we always complained about? Well, there's no secondary scoring. There's been plenty of that this year. So I think that Jim Montgomery, if he's looking at this like we should really be going for these records, he should maybe pause for a minute and look at this group and look at this team and sort of take into account the history, even the recent history with these guys, and maybe throttle down a little bit. I'm not saying don't yell at them after a bad loss when they, you know, get up to nothing and then take the rest of the game off. Obviously, you can you can take them to task for that. And I think it's fine for him doing that. We're 63 games into the season, you can yell at these guys. No, you definitely once in a while. It's not like he's had a lot of other other opportunities. No, you, you definitely can. I, I have no problem with him yelling at them. So don't misinterpret that. And I don't mean you are can. I mean anybody listening. I don't have a problem with him yelling at it. I don't have a problem with Cassidy. Uh, you know, maybe the players do because they're giant babies. But I don't have a problem with it. It is a noted change in attitude. So uh, do you think that's what it is? Why do you think he's doing it? I would say that 
it has a lot to do with just the way that game played out. You had a nice long layoff. You kind of played like a-holes in the second and third period. He didn't like it, and he wanted to make a statement just to say, all right, snap out of it. We're not we're not closing the season out like yeah, this. Yeah, I just, again, it's not their first bad loss. It's not their first lack of effort. They I also think, have a ton of games coming up. They haven't had many, but it's not the first one, and I didn't hear the tough talk like this from him in those games. I also wonder if this is a bit of a warning shot for the future for when they're in the playoffs because they had that five-day layoff, and then they come back and they just look like they're dogging it on the offensive end, according to him. And that's going to happen at times in the playoffs. If they're as good in the playoffs as they look in the season right now, there's going to be early rounds where maybe they take down teams early, and then they have a layoff in between the next round. And if they come out and skate like that, maybe this is his warning shot of saying, like, hey, when you have rest, let's capitalize that on that and come out differently instead of just thinking that you can flip the switch at any time that you want to late in the game. But it is interesting. The rest thing, uh, certainly, as Arkan was alluding to when you are talking about Mego. Uh, can I hear a little more Montgomery? Tough yeah, talk after the game. Um, I mean, after the first period, we said we were lucky to be up to nothing. They were the better team. You know, we scored, and we got to get better. I thought we got better in a second. I thought we were, we were good in a second. Uh, passed up too many opportunities to push the lead. You know? We were a... Uh, a very non-competitive team offensively tonight, I guess is the best way to say it. So that to me is, uh, again, about as harsh as he's been all year long. Why? Why is, he fi- why is he finally doing it 63 games in? It's not their first loss. It's not their first bad loss. It's not their first collapse. So why now? 617-779-7937. I also, maybe I'm missing it. I'm also missing the, the Bergeron criticism today. Where's the Bergeron criticism? And it doesn't mean that he sucks as a player. It doesn't mean that his career is invalidated. And I hate that I even have to say this and explain it. Well, you just went through with Devin McCourty. How come we can't just do this and say Bergeron blew the game last night? How come you can't just say that? How come you have to put on, Mego pointed this out earlier, and it's true. How come you have to put on 50 billion qualifiers just to say Bergeron sucked last night, Bergeron blew the game last night? St. Patrice screwed up. And it's why you lost, even more so than the soft-ass goal that Swayman gave up, which was a bad goal. The first two weren't on him. The The first goal was a four-on-one. first one was on Grizzly. Yes. Yeah. The second one was on Bergeron. Right. And that was the biggest goal in the game. Like, that was, that was the one the that— the game winner was the biggest goal in the game. That was the one that broke your back. No. If you don't give up that goal there, you win the game. So I look at it— if you don't give the, up the game winner, you— well, you're, <laughs> still, you're still in front, I guess is what I would say. Okay. So Bergeron takes a, a bad penalty after that. He lost a bunch of defensive zone faceoffs. He wasn't good at the dot all night long. He had a bad night. It doesn't mean you can't rename the Selkie after him. Doesn't mean that he's not going to win the Selkie this year. Doesn't mean he's not a great leader or anything else, although I question how overrated he is with some of these things. Why can't we just come in and say Bergeron had a bad game? Bergeron blew that game last night. And I'm not people, afraid. People I'm not are afraid pointing to do it. it out. They're I don't just know that saying, they really are. They're just saying it's uncharacteristic play. It's That's an uncharacteristic turnover he made in the neutral zone That's that directly contributed to a goal. That's uncharacteristic of Patrice. Yeah. I, I heard Montgomery, I guess, joking about it after the game. He's like, it's the first mistake I've ever seen him make. It's like, why, why, do, we, why do we have to see? He's not perfect. He's definitely not perfect. He, he collabs plenty in the Stanley Cup final. He breaks down at the end of some of these years. And that would be my concern with Bergeron. Normally, I would say, wow. He's played every game this year, 63 out of 63. Wow. Give that guy a breather. Except he just had a break. They just had a giant layoff going into this game. If anything, he should have been fresh last night. So you can't blame fatigue or breakdown or wearing down or anything like that on Patrice Bergeron last night. You can't. He just screwed up. And so that's fine. 
Guys are allowed to screw up. I just like to be able to say it without putting a bunch of qual. It's uncharacteristic. I'm going to keep the qualifiers for myself. Why? Uh, the because I just feel like I need to represent that side of the hockey community <laughs> on our show. Why? So it was uncharacteristic. I don't see this as a trend going forward for Bergeron. Well. I wonder. He breaks down in some of these postseason runs, so I do wonder. Do you have a problem with the app last night? Do you have a problem with the viewing experience? Not at all. Not at all. It went off without a hitch for me. Um, I I will say that I was kind of surprised by some of the content on the broadcast. Like what? Just, just a little too, just how little broad, too basic just how bitch. Just how broad it was. Yeah, it was totally basic bitch <laughs> with an E. Basic bitch. Bitch. It was like, do you know how many President's Trophy winners have not won the Stanley Cup since 2013? And I'm like, look, we're all watching this Bruins game on ESPN+. Plus. We are all hockey hardos here, right? right. Like, yes, I don't think don't casuals were tell me that, falling into the game. Hey, don't talk about, about the ice. Grizzlick's dad helped turn that over from the Celtics game, man. The casuals Careful. were probably watching some Charlie Moore replay on Nesson. Where's the game? Where is it? So, like, I had zero problem with the viewing experience last night. A, a little bit with the, just the, the broadcast crew. Like, I don't think Levy's very good at play-by-play. I didn't like him on, was he Monday Night Football? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I thought he stunk at that. I didn't think he was particularly good last night. I could have done without Ray Ferraro and A.J. Malesko. Is that her name? Uh, breaking Friend of the show, AJ Molesco. Breaking down like from AJ. there. Okay, I could have done without her talking about what her kids were texting her. Okay, that was, I would say that was uncharacteristic of AJ. <laughs> and what, and what, they, but they were doing it right before the game-winning goal. Ray Ferraro Future and Hall her of Famer, were both Molesco. just sitting there talking about how what their kids were texting about what they wanted for dinner after the game. And it's like, hey, guys, I know we're on the app, but like it's kind of an important part of the game. Like I didn't love the broadcast team last night. But the presentation, the ad, it took me 20 seconds to log into the thing last night. I had no one, problems. One other thing that drove me kind of nuts, because um, before the show, you know, I was deep in my hockey research. Yes. And I was looking for clips. Like, we pulled some clips for the show. I couldn't find anything from ESPN. Like on ESPN Breaking down the game afterwards? Yeah, like YouTube. No, just even just a post-game sound or anything. I'm Got like... It. Is this just because it's a plus one? I like, heard. I heard. Because doesn't have it. I, I know that they do the shows and everything, but I'm looking online and I'm like, you're not posting this anywhere. All I can find is Stephen A. Smith like yelling about something. Yeah, I heard Butchergrass uh, uh, telling Stuart Skinner congratulations on uh, going home and looking forward to holding his kid. I heard him talking about that. So that was thanks, uh, Booch. Yeah, that was uh, a bit. They went a little too long in that interview, I would say. And then I saw Get Up airing highlights today. I know there's a lot of hockey fans who think ESPN is bad for the sport. I saw more Bruins highlights on ESPN this morning. And, uh, you know. <laughs> you needed to because you couldn't watch the actual game. Well, I'm just Life saying. comes at you fast in sports. <laughs> they, used to be, they used to be buried on, like, NBC Sports Network, which not everybody got either. Uh, 617-779-7937. Your thoughts on the Bruins. We'll get to something that uh, astounded me on the Red Sox, who did have a shocking result today. I think Arcan has something on this in trending, uh, and we'll get back to all your phone calls right after uh, Arcan. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're right back to it. Jones and Mego on WEEI. WEEI. Two-two. Swing on a line drive caught by the second baseman. Throw to first, and they double off McDonough. The ball game is over, and so is the Red Sox undefeated streak. Toronto beats the Red Sox two to nothing. A four-three line drive double play ends it. Jays win it 2 nothing. The Red Sox are now nine wins, one defeat, and three ties. Toronto goes to eight, six, and one. That's unfortunate. That's from today? Yeah. The streak is over. It's done. Red Sox had not lost in spring training until today. What was the final? I was half two listening. Nothing. Two nothing against they the Blue Jays. I just want to put this on the record. Yep. Um, Red Sox did not lose in spring training until Heim Bloom gave this quote to Dan Shaughnessy in the Boston oh, Globe. Boy. What did he say? He said, "We all know spring training results are not regular season results in terms of how important they are and what goes into them. But every time you go out there, you want to win, and to be the last team to lose in spring training in 2023 is a nice thing. I view it as kind of a nice reward." From the baseball gods for the way the group has gone about their business. Oh, yeah, in your face, Heim. So, Heim Bloom thanks the baseball gods. Score and they, one for the Dan Man. <laughs> they turn around and lose the next day. Not great. The baseball not, gods did not like it. Not great. Uh, I, I said earlier today after the Bruins lost last night, the Red Sox had the longest winning streak in the city. Real or fake, uh, whatever it is, spring training. Uh, but still, yikes! I thought I, I never thought it was going to end. I thought that ride was never going to end, Mego. It's unfortunate. I know. I know. And you were using it to completely form how you feel about this team going into the regular season. So, well, I I put stock in there. I've been yeah. doing this for years. This is not new. I, I I've been doing this for years. I put stock in how they play in spring training. When they suck, I go, uh oh, and I've been right. So you're recalculating now. And when they're good, I go, I got to pay attention to them. It doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series. How many games do they have left in spring training? Oh, I have no clue. Great question. No idea. What were they? Nine and zero. I think they have, like, 15, 20 games left. Oh, boy. Because it's, like, the whole month, right? I think it's this whole month. So, like, I, I don't know. If they finish, like, a little bit over 500 and lose 10 out of their last 15, I won't feel so great, even if they have a winning record. But I don't know. I, I, I will put – if they keep playing well in spring training, that will matter. I think, I think they can be a playoff team based on how they look in spring training. 17 games left. If they fall flat on their face – I, I, I'm not going to feel so great about it. But I, I will put stock in spring training. I, I think it's correlated to the last five years. We've gone through this a bunch of times. And it's Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. We're taking your phone call, 617-779-7937. I do want to dive further into the Red Sox. We can get back to all your Bruins thoughts as well. 
you know, Bruins lose last night. They had their 10-game win streak snapped. Bergeron blew it. We should be able to say that without being criticized. We should we shouldn't be not be ostracized from the community because we point out that Bergeron blew the game last night. The community that we are leaders of. Yes, the hockey hardo community. We yes. should not be ostracized. I should not be kicked off the Bruins bandwagon for pointing out that Bergeron sucked last night. And remember how angry you got when Stephen A. was saying, ah, hockey doesn't matter. I yep. mean, you were like the first person to go, can you believe this guy? Yes, exactly. That was me. That was me. So, uh, and Montgomery's pissed. So we can get back to more of your Bruins thoughts there. We'll get to the Red Sox coming up. I meant to do this earlier. I just, I, 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 uh, I forgot. The statements from Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick on Devin McCourty, who, if you missed it earlier, uh, has retired. Called it a career after 13 years. And uh, I'm surprised by that. I don't think it's bad news for the Patriots. I wanted to turn over leadership. I don't think they're going to miss him all that much on the field. I think he took a step back last year. He had a great career. He's a Patriots Hall of Famer. But that doesn't mean I wanted him back on the team next year. So... Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick both put out statements. Here's what they had to say. Robert Kraft, through his individual performance and overall leadership, Devin has been such an important part of the success we've enjoyed over the last 13 years, including in each of our last three Super Bowl championships. As great as his contributions were on the field, he made an even greater impact in the community. We couldn't have asked for a better leader and ambassador, both on and off the field. So there's Robert, and I, I think he has made a lot of impact in the community. And I, when I say his leadership, I mean more in the locker room. I do think that is a little overrated. He was a leader on a team that went 8-9 last year. But the community stuff is completely valid. Uh, Bill Belichick. It's rare, uh, or it is a rare group of players who win games at a historic rate, exude team culture, lead, win awards, and win championships. And then there's Devin McCourty. Devin did all those things as a player and more. For 13 years, Devin made everyone in our organization feel better and be better because of who he is, a pillar of professionalism, unselfishness, work ethic, preparation, intelligence, and performance. And I do just hear that and I go, he's a Bill guy. He's a B- Bill loves McCourty because Bill hasn't put out statements as nice about better players. You know, Bill has not been that effusive in his praise about better players. You know, like the Gronk one felt a little passive aggressive off the top of my head. Maybe I have to go back and revisit it. That one felt a little passive aggressive at the time when Gronk was on the way out. And Gronk is, in my estimation, the greatest tight end of all time, one of the greatest Patriots of all time. McCourty is a Patriot Hall of Famer. Gronk is a no-doubt pro football Hall of Famer. Expect the Bengals to rattle Mahomes. Future broadcasting Hall of Fame. That's yeah, true. As well. Yeah, he's, he'll be going into the, uh, the the broadcasting Hall of Fame. Be an emotional day when but he like, makes a speech. That's quite a, that's quite a <laughs> statement. Quite a statement from Bill Belichick. And it just tells you how he feels about certain players. It's pretty clear how he felt about McCourty. So when I say he was he was a Bill guy, like that's what I mean. I think it comes through in the statement. Right. I agree. I mean, do you want to turn to this, though? So what does that mean for Bill's connection with the locker room now? Yeah. Because he's been a longtime captain. So Bill talks about, and other people around Foxborough talk about, how they relate to the team largely through captain's meetings. Every week they have this captain's meeting. So somebody like Mac Jones, who was a captain last year, can sit down and have their say and can speak on behalf of the team. Without Devin there now, I do think the dynamic's going to be different now. Matthew Slater's coming back, yeah, so good, but good. But one I, I, of two that you wanted gone is gone. I want that dynamic different. Yeah, I don't. I don't love that Slater's back. I, I again, I think McCourty calling it a career is he agrees with us. He's done. Like I, I, he took a step back on the field. McCourty agrees with us. That's not being critical. That that Devin would agree with that. So yeah, I don't. I don't want the same leadership group going back to Bill this year. I, I don't want that. 
And I do want a turnover there. And even if that means Mac Jones has a bigger leadership stake in the team, all right, let's see how it looks. Matthew Judon, you know, I'd like to see him have a greater leadership role on the team. At that position, Kyle Duggar can take over. Like, I I want them to start doing that. And for as great of a leader as McCourty is and Matthew Slater is, they haven't been a good team since Brady left. Unbalanced, they had a good year sandwiched in the middle around two bad ones and they're 500 over three years that's what the leadership has gotten you i'm ready to move on from it yeah i agree like i i devin was a leader back when brady was there so it's not like he only emerged as a leader after brady left i know but as we've come to find out with brady like everything's easier when brady's there your leadership only goes so far when brady's not there well locker rooms are also easier to manage and egos and everything for the most part when you're winning so you know, and with right. Brady, you're winning. Yeah, I just think the unquestioned... I mean, McCourty was a nice leader on those teams, but Brady was the leader on those teams. I don't think that's uh, earth-shattering. I guess if there's a void of leadership and Bill doesn't have his guys anymore, then it sort of begs the question, like, you know, with Bill's, with Bill's guys, you knew that there was sort of a, a thing in the locker room. You knew there was sort of a like an ethos. You know, there's a way of doing There's a culture there. If that culture is sort of disappearing with these guys retiring and moving on and everything, and it's just sort of Bill left with a bunch of guys who aren't buying into his system the way that the other guys did that, be, you know, got boosted into the roles that they are, doesn't that sort of beg the question of well then what's you know what's the big draw then why is yeah why is it so important for bill to still be the coach if if his culture and if that's not really uh resonating with these with these players anymore it's not resonating with them it didn't last year it didn't three years ago on the defense maybe it did but it's but it's just it's not it's not resonating it's not really working so what i would tell bill because i think bill desperately cares about what arcan just said oh my ethos oh the culture i i need people to carry this out i need trusted people who carry it out Craft cares about it. Yeah, maybe. That is the whole Patriot Way thing. Let's stop paying attention to the ethos and the culture and the Patriot Way and start bringing in some players who can play. How about that? How about we stop worrying so much about if this guy's a good leader or that guy's a bad leader and some guys who can play? Like, if Mac Jones could play, I-, I wouldn't care so much about the way he carried himself. If he was putting up big numbers, I wouldn't care as much. I'd nitpick, I'd grind. I think you would. But I wouldn't care as much. If you're not going to do either, then I definitely don't need you around. But, like... If you're a good leader and you can't play, I I don't, and I would question that with Slater these days, I don't really need that anymore. What's the point? Yeah. I know Bill cares about it, but I don't. Uh, 617-779-7937. It's how you get in touch with Jones and Mego with Arcan. Those are the statements. I didn't mean to get to those earlier today on Devin McCourty calling it a career. Do you think he's a big loss? What do they do to replace him? Do they already have the answers to replace him with Duggar and Adrian Phillips in the mix? Uh, maybe they could move a corner. Uh, we were suggesting Jonathan Jones earlier. Text line was saying Jalen Mills, which is another interesting name. I think one of you guys brought that up as well. So maybe they have it in-house. How big of a need is safety now that McCourty's out? Again, 617-779-7937. I saw this email in my inbox, and I do feel the need to go back and scratch this itch. And I was uh, somewhat flabbergasted in some of the details. Flabbergasted. I, 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 I was to a degree. I got the uh, the notes... The minutes, what did they call this again? I want to uh, I want to get the wording exactly right from the owner's meeting. Uh, here we go. The Fenway Sports Group sent an email today highlighting their annual partners meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida. Okay, so these are all the highlights from their meeting. And I'll just tell you, the way it was presented, the marketing arm with LeBron James and Maverick Carter was above anything else. Lermer. L-R-M-R, Lermer, was above everything else. Okay, it, before the Red Sox, before Liverpool, before the Penguins, before anything, that was at the top of the list, which intrigued me right from the start. Just reading it, just the bullet points, LRMR, LeBron, Maverick Carter, first before everything else. 
Interesting. Uh, in the details there, it says, as part of the agreement, James and co-founder of Lermer, LRMR Ventures, Maverick mm-hmm. Carter, will receive additional equity in FSM's parent company, FSG, Fenway Sports Group. Maverick Carter and LeBron James became members of Fenway Sports Group's ownership in 2021. And Ryan, you dropped in something that I, I neglected to mention earlier, that LeBron is estimated to own about 1% of the Red Sox? Uh, 1% of Fenway Sports Group, uh, I mean? They, I believe they had turned the 2% of Liverpool into 1% into Fenway Sports Group, yes. Okay. Interesting. And now that number is going up. By how much? I don't know. I don't know how many points LeBron has in the Fenway Sports Group, but by their own account, by their own email, their own notes that they sent out from their annual owners meeting, LeBron is front and center in this thing and becoming more and more influential within the Fenway Sports Group. It might only be a percentage point. It might be a percentage point and a half. It might be two. But whatever that is, it's growing. How do Red Sox fans feel about that? How do you feel about it, Mego, that his influence within Fenway Sports Group is growing? I don't really care from the LeBron perspective. I more am curious what it signals about what the where the portfolio is going. Where's it going? So right now the portfolio is Red Sox, Liverpool, Penguins. And I don't think it's any secret that they're interested in another league, whether it was some chatter around when the commanders become available. I think that they have way back. The rumors have way backed off of that. But there's, you know, the idea that Las Vegas is going to get an NBA franchise. And if you have LeBron James seemingly becoming a slightly bigger investor in the group, I wonder if that indicates that when that Las Vegas NBA franchise comes along, if that's an avenue that they're going to go down and expand the portfolio towards the NBA, Hmm. which has implications for the rest of your holdings. Now, you could say say if they get involved in an NBA team, maybe that's overall more money coming back into FSG, which is what people who are really, you know, gung-ho about John Henry owning Liverpool will say. Liverpool is such a huge property. It brings so much more money into the umbrella organization overall, and that trickles down to the Red Sox. But you had some figures about the reinvestment maybe from the umbrella organization into its different branches. Yeah, I want to get to that, but real quick, Arkham, what do you think think of LeBron's influence growing within FSG? Um, Considering I'm not super high on the regular ownership group of Fenway Sports Group now, of the principal owners, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think LeBron's at least like a younger voice who sort of understands maybe the changing sports marketplace a little bit uh, better than those guys who, you know, are working on their portfolios and everything. At the very least, LeBron James has been boots on the ground all this time and has seen the way that sports has sort of changed and the way the money's kind of come and gone. I don't think it's a terrible thing. I know it's LeBron and we all hate LeBron, but like, I don't, I don't really, well, I'm not bothered by it. And so I, I think he's a little more in touch than, you know, uh, Henry and Warner. Aren't I think I? that's a fair, I think that's a fair point. It'd be hard to be more out of touch than those two. So I think that's a fair point. Does he give two craps about Boston? No, no. Well, so then that's why I care as a Boston sports fan. That's why I care. And it's Jacobs. (laughs) No, I think that's why people have a problem with the Jacobs ownership. I think it's why people have a problem with this ownership group. I grew up a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think that's why Kraft and Wick get a little bit more of a free pass than those other ownership groups. They're local. You know they're invested. People don't feel that way about John Henry all the time. I don't feel that way about John Henry all the time. People don't feel that way about Jeremy Jacobs. I don't feel that way about Jeremy Jacobs. So I hear what you're saying, and it's a fair point. LeBron 
if you don't love what the ownership group has been doing, could LeBron give a different perspective and maybe that's a good thing? Sure. Does he give two craps about Boston? No. And I already feel like they're not giving enough craps about Boston when it comes to their portfolio. Liverpool over here, Pittsburgh over there, maybe an NBA team in Vegas. Red Sox are in there somewhere. That would be my issue with it. Then we get into what Mego was hinting at. And this is where, oh, well, Liverpool brings in more money. And, well, if they're bringing in more money, that's got to be a good thing because it'll trickle down to the Red Sox. Maybe. They write. And, again, the email I got from the Red Sox today, the club has infused over $400 million in private investment over the last 21 years for the preservation, protection, and improvement of Fenway Park. The preservation, what did you think that was again? The, Maybe No, the protection. I'm sorry, the protection. The protection was against Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck who are blatantly trying to rob the park. Yeah, you don't, you don't need a shootout at Fenway Park like they had in the town. I mean, that's, that's for sure. You don't want that. So $400 million, okay, that's a pretty good number, right? Over 21 years, that feels pretty good. And this is just for the ballpark. This isn't for the roster. This isn't for players or anything like that. $400 million, good. Okay, that's their investment tangibly in this email. They then go on to point out when you get to the Liverpool section, in the past five years, they've spent £250 million, pounds, which I did the math on, double-check me, 250 million pounds is 300 million dollars in Liverpool. So 400 million over 21 years in the Red Sox and Fenway Park, 300 million in five years on Liverpool. And I go, well, boy, wasn't Xander Bogarts about 300 million bucks in the last five years to upgrade Liverpool's crappy stadium that I don't care about? As a Red Sox fan, I don't care at all. I don't care. You can own that team, you can spend what you want on that team. Keep that, keep that stadium crappy if it costs $300 million to upgrade. I'd rather have you spend that on Xander Bogarts, who made 280 That was his contract. We looked this up earlier. Yes. With the Padres. What 11 was Betts? years, 280 Betts was somewhere in the 300000000 millions. And I know it's not exactly apples to apples. It's not one for one. But don't tell me, with their spending going down the last few years, that the $300 million they spent on upgrading Liverpool Stadium, Old Trafford, or whatever the hell it's called, don't tell me that doesn't correlate with the Red Sox. Of course it does. Is Xander Bogarts available to play keeper? So, $300 million to upgrade Liverpool in the last five years compared to the $400 million they've spent on Fenway Park. It's more, but it's also a longer period of time. And I think that tells you how things get a little out of whack when it comes to the Red Sox. Now LeBron's on board, and it's like, oh, they might be dropping even more. Then I see they spend $30 million to upgrade the stupid stadium in Pittsburgh, and it's like uh, they could use another $30 million on this team this year. This is the problem that fans go back to. This is the issue. What they're spending, and I just hadn't seen these figures before. I had never gotten this email before. I had never seen these figures before. If I, had I don't think you'll get it again. It went right to my junk mail, right to my <laughs> spam. Like, oh, I never crap. saw it before. Did we send that to Adam Jones? Well, I think I do think I <laughs> oh, got no. I do think I got back on the Red Sox list now that I'm here at EEI. I think I had been off them for a number of years. I think I'm back, and who knows? My time might be limited. But great. <laughs> Three hundred million on Liverpool and Old Trafford. Another thirty million on PPG Paints Arena. Never mind what they're going to spend on Vegas. This is the issue. This is why people have an issue with it. That's exactly it. All crystallized. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. My Char- favorite player was Stan Musial. Charlie's in Boston. Go ahead, Stan Charlie. Stan the man. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Hey, Charlie. Good. Yeah, I guess my only comment is this: like you're getting this thing really confused. Like any of these organizations and any of these partnerships or otherwise, they're set up. There's governance and there's ownership. If LeBron has one percent ownership, it doesn't mean he's going to start doing draft picks and telling people where to spend their money or improve the stadium or otherwise. I understand that, Charlie. My, that's right. He's not. But my my only point, Charlie. 
Charlie, shut up for a second. My only point, Charlie, is that his voice is increasing. Do you not disagree with that? That his voice is getting bigger within Fenway Sports Group. And and what and what's wrong with that? You got a professional athlete that's going to come in and tell. I already like improve all. These I already told you he doesn't care about Boston. He has no. He has zero connection to Boston. They care about Liverpool. Yeah. So that's the so, Pittsburgh Penguins. So does he care enough about the piece of the portfolio we care about in Boston? I I I don't think LeBron does. I mean, I think he wants to make money at the end of the year. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean. But I don't, I don't know that LeBron cares all that much about the Boston Red Sox. I don't think he cares very much at all. Right. So that, that's why. So the more, inf- our, here's the other the thing. more influence he has, the more I question that. How much they care about it. When you look at the overall per- portfolio, now I haven't done this numbers dig. I would love to see what profits the Red Sox bring in compared to somebody, compared to Liverpool, compared to Liverpool, compared to Pittsburgh, compared to an NBA team potentially, an NFL team. I would be curious about that too. You always that, hear about how you can't add more seats in Fenway, so you know. That wasn't in my uh, that wasn't in my Fenway Sports Group uh, highlights annual partners meeting. That was not in there. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. More of your phone calls coming up, and it's time for women talking. I would agree. It's time for uh, that's what we thought about renaming the show. Was that it? Yes, uh, I think it was time for holding court. So we're gonna have the proper host, Courtney Cox, call in and perfect. Take that's, on the next segment. That's oh, I'm in, sorry, uh, two goal lead, Courtney. You much prefer a one goal lead. <laughs> that's in uh, holding court, Queen of the Court, Meg's plating next. Jones and Meg go. Return after this on WEEI. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Why don't you explain this to me like I am an eight-year-old? Do you need it broken down? It's so dumb. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? Well, lucky for you. I don't know how else to talk about it. Shut up, Meg. It's time for... Now I let you know! Meg explaining. Meg explaining. Blanket disclaimer. 
We will get back to sports. This is the women talking portion. Yes. Uh, brief aside, this is a explaining that was crowdsourced. Oh. So we did a crowdsourcing today. I got a lot, a lot of suggestions. How so often How often would you say you crowdsource it? I try to do it like once a week. Okay, good. You know, I like to get people in the mix. Sure. So it's not just all about like, oh, Mego, the millennial, complaining <laughs> about how she wants to eat off children's menus. God, she's insufferable. I liked uh, uh, I liked the the children's menu. I uh, I enjoyed that. Like I said, I, it's, it's really it's really the number one reason to have kids. You just eat you eat their food. It's like extra food. It's free food. So this was uh, I got double requests of this. Ooh. This goes out to Salis B four and S M Horton are the usernames who both wanted me to talk about people who do not clean up after their dogs. Oh wait. Clean up like when they take a crap? Yes. Oh, geez. People who do not pick up after their dogs. Those are heathens. I would say that it's really difficult for me to imagine that there's many of these people still out there. But all I have to do is walk down the I was street say, in the city and look in any tree bed. You look and in the city. And there's some weird dried out pile of dog poop. Uh, it's They're all over the city. Arkan. Like your- every tree bed has a dog poop in it that's like three days old. Are there just dog poops all over the burbs? Not really, no. Right? Like maybe in people's yards. If you have a dog, maybe you don't feel like cleaning up. Whatever, that's your or yard. Or you don't want to get caught by your neighbor letting your dog crap yeah, on your lawn. but like whatever, fine. Like if it's your yard and you let your dog crap in it and you don't feel like cleaning it up, that's on you. But like sidewalks and things like this, public spaces, it's it's everywhere in the city, yeah. Right. I don't see it in action. Like I, I feel like... I've seen I've has, seen it in action. Really? Yes. You've seen somebody just like let outside their dog of, outside of my home. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I'll see. I keep track of my neighbors. Like sometimes sip, I, you sit by the front window. No, and but watch I'm just what's if I'm in my living room and I'm looking outside. I, I see I see neighbors letting their dogs crap in uh in uh, shared space. Yeah. The only time that I've seen this happen recently that I noted was I was at the dog park and there was a person who was there and her dog was running around, humping all the other dogs. (laughs) And she didn't notice because she was on her phone the entire time at the dog park. Ah. And then the dog uh, went to the corner of the park and took a massive dump. (laughs) Like, because this was a giant doodle dog. It's like a, you know, 70-pound doodle. Dropping giant doodles, yeah. Just dropped a giant doodle. And everybody else at the park was kind of awkwardly looking at each other. And she was tap-tapping on the phone with her thumbs the whole time, so she didn't see it. But I wasn't going to be the one to go over and be like, hey, there's bags up on the fence. Your dog, just see that thing steaming in the corner? Yep. I think that that's your property to take care of. <laughs> it's tough when it's like, still steaming. I'm, you not know? Gonna be, tough to- I'm not going to be confrontational like that. But I, I feel that it's never been easier at least in the city, and I, some of the parks that I visited uh, that I take my dog to outside of, not even dog parks, just like park parks, uh-huh. uh, that I take my dog to outside of the city, it's never been easier to just be responsible with your dog's crap. Like, there there are plenty of stations, at least my dog and I, we run together almost every single mo- morning during the week, and there's plenty of stations along where we run where there's free dog bags. And yeah. there's, you only have to run, like, I don't like running with a baggie of poop in my hand. Right. But I, I only have to run like 20 feet. Then there's another trash can. Like there's trash cans everywhere. It's just, 
I understand sometimes it's like cold, it's raining, you don't want to dig into the snow. There's zero to, excuse. It's you got to do no, it. No, no. There's zero you excuse. You got to do it. Now, let me ask you this. Do you when you walk your dog or run with your dog, do you bring I know plenty of people who bring like the full roll, you can have yeah. it right on the I leash. I have like a, I have a little holder attachment for, for all the bags. On, on the leash. I don't like those. So I I typically when I walk Charles, you just put them in your pocket. I bring well, I don't bring the whole roll. I bring one bag, okay? Little dog. But every once and then he'll take a he'll take a second crap on his walk. He does double duty sometimes, and that's a nightmare. I have had to find a random like chip bag lying on the ground, pick oh. it up and throw it away. See, this happened to me the other day. I, I was walking down the street, and this guy I had my headphones on, and he shouted something, and I just assumed that he was talking in yep. in, in like his headphones because yep. everybody walks around with the Apple sure. like, pods, whatever. And I was like, oh, he's just shouting to someone on the phone. And then he ran across the street and like waved me down. To see if you had a bag. Yeah, because I had my so, dog, and he was like, I'm so embarrassed. I don't have a bag. And I was like, oh, here. I'm not going to say I've ever done that, but I would rather pick up trash and pick up after my dog than ask somebody for a bag. But I have, I did this the other day. Crap for a second time on the walk, and I went to to I was walking through the park, and there was a, there were bags right there. So my my point would be even even when I'm out of a bag, I I've already picked up after my dog once, and he surprises me later in the walk on a longer walk. He will yeah. do that. I should probably they travel with more bags. I should probably do that. Um, but even in that scenario, I'm still picking up after the dog. My dog- as much of a heathen as I am, and I am a heathen. I do not leave my dog crafts around the city. That is one thing I don't do. My dog is very good. She is very clean. And one thing is that after she finishes her business, as I call it, she tries to immediately sprint away from it. Like, she doesn't want to be anywhere near it. So she... Oh, my cat does that, She will, like, sprint, and I have her on the leash, and so she's trying to sprint away while I'm trying to pick up her poop. And I'm like, can you chill for a second? Like, I'm... Taking care of your stuff. You're over here. bagging up my shame. <laughs> is uh is right. I think I don't know if something happened to her because I adopted her. I don't know if something happened to her when she was a little puppy where someone was mean with potty training and yep. like stuck her nose Bad in it or something. Right. But I'm that's just what you're like, supposed to do, isn't it? No, that's cruel. You're not supposed to put their nose in no, the poo when they poo in the house. No, that's very mean. That's like nuns. That's like nuns. Uh, wrapping How are they going to learn not to do it? The knuckles. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, I'm you, to- you're supposed to train. Well, this is the other thing is I got a follow up from someone who said, um, sorry, I didn't grab your name, but said we have a new puppy. We have not been very successful with potty training. Any ideas? My response would be don't get a puppy. Uh, I adopted a dog that was just over a year. Yeah, You got a trained dog. She was. Well, she <laughs> needed some work. You'll meet her in a but, little bit. But you got to po- stop by the station. But you got a potty trained dog. But she was house. She that's, was housebroken. That's very nice. So my recollection: what you have to do is you, when the dog starts going in the house, you take you lift it up while it's going whatever. Oh, really? Pee or poop and take it out of the house. That's what we did as a puppy. See, I, I always heard you just establish a schedule as and walk it as quick as you can, and then associate them with positive treats. You, you like when you go outside, you get treats. You definitely do that, but there's going to be accidents, and if they're having an accident, you at least get them out of the, get them out of the house as quickly can, as you can. We don't, no, we don't stick our dog's faces in their own feces. Well, I think that's a little bit mean. I do think that works. I just think that's that's known as negative reinforcement. Every I dog think, we ever had, that's what we did. I think, I, think that tec- <laughs> I think that technically works, but I think that's, uh, I do think that's frowned upon these days, yes. I think so. so I'm with Mego on this. You know, uh, this is to what me... What about for my baby? <laughs> I feel like this is a this is a less intense um, issue than the dogs off leash in the city. 
Because that, oh, I'm, I think, I'm just like very afraid I mean, all look, the time. Uh, your your neighborhood, maybe there's dogs running everywhere off leash. I see way more poops than dogs running off leash. Well, I feel way like more. the dog poop issue is just never going to go away. Oh, that's like an, un, that's an only, unfixable problem. I can only make a plead, like a case to the individual that just because nobody's around to see you pick it up yep. doesn't mean that you should skip. Sidebar, because um, I'm out in the burbs, is it acceptable to take your bag of dog poop and just put it into the first blue trash can that's no. going to go back into somebody's driveway don't, or garage. Don't throw stuff that's in my garbage. Yucky. Yeah, don't. Because I've gotten gross. into like legitimate shouting matches with people. Oh, this is a, this is a curb. I ep- catch him doing it. I'm like, oh, we're gonna fight now. This is a curb episode. Yeah, don't, don't. Yeah, don't. it's Monday afternoon. Trash day isn't for another seven days, yeah. man. And it's July. Ooh. Are you kidding? Can you roll that back into your garage. I don't even want people throwing like empty uh, uh, Duncan's cups in my in my garbage. Never mind poop. I don't, don't throw stuff in my garbage. Wait, it's my one garbage. more thing really quick. Yeah. If you, because I take my dog out on trail sometimes in the woods. We'll go out to like meet him or somewhere like that. And, Ooh. you know, like around a reservoir. Um, when you're walking in the woods and there are no trash cans or anything, uh-huh. um, I usually do a system of I bag and I leave it on the trail next to an area that I know I'll remember because I'm making a loop and I'll come or I'm doing an out and back. So I'll come back just so I'm not walking with the poop for sure. like 40 minutes. Sure. What do you think of the strategy of that I've seen some people do, taking a stick and just throwing the poop off into the woods? Yeah, I mean it's the woods off of the trail. It's the woods that that's, that's called compost. Yeah, that that feels more in play to me. Like I don't think I'd have a big issue with that. Okay. But my real answer is we never. Because I'm on the fence with this. One. We never, never do anything like that. that with Charles. To me, it's kind of like grosser to use a stick to smear the poop around into the woods yeah. than to just bag it. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers does that on his off days. It's totally cool. I might be the wrong person to ask. I'm not a woodsy guy, but that one seems more reasonable to me. Uh, anyway, that's Meg explaining. Arcan can't wait to see my dog. No, that's true. Our, uh, yeah, the dogs. So it doesn't. Bend a fresh biscuit out in the uh, our, <laughs> out in the hallway here. Our, our candidate and, and Killington are really going to stare each other down. That's true. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. We'll get back to your feedback. We'll get to the Celtics as well. Our team starting to figure them out. It seems that way. That's next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.